Father, we thank you for your faithfulness to us. Jesus, we thank you that you are the lovers of our soul, Father, that we can know you in relationship, that you are not a God who is far off but close to us, one that we can know, one that we can walk alongside in life. So God, we thank you for your goodness to us, your faithfulness and your love. We pray that in this time that you would open our ears and through the spirit dwelling within us that you would help us to recognize what you are speaking to us today. So we thank you for your goodness to us in all these ways. In your name, Jesus, amen. Thank you, music team, for leading us to that place. William James, who was a uh, philosopher and psychologist of the 19th century, uh, once wrote, there's no more miserable human being than one in whom nothing is habitual but indecision. Now, each, each day in our lives, we make countless decisions. We all made a hundred decisions getting here this morning. What to, what to eat, what to wear, what are we going to do for the day? And while most of these decisions can be thoughtless, especially if you're an adult, they're habitual at this point, like brushing your teeth where you don't think about it, you just do it kind of thing. But at times, we can be faced with indecision about what's the best choice going forwards. Should we, should we move to this city or that one? Should we take this job or another one? Who should we marry? What house should we buy? And while we all desire to make good decisions, I think that at times indecision or even regret or, or the fear of making bad decisions can hold us back from, at times and, and hold us in the place of indecision. So it's no wonder that Willie Nelson once wrote, indecision may or may not be our biggest problem. It'll sink in a little bit there. There we go. Uh, this morning we're wrapping up our summer series, Pray. Uh, and throughout the summer we've been walking through different prayers in the Bible, trying to understand both how to pray and what it means to have a relationship with God and how this deepens our relationship and walk with Him. We've walked through prayers of healing, prayers of intercession, prayers for our enemies, prayers for wisdom, and I hope that as we've gone throughout this series that you've seen just how available our God is to us in every circumstance of life that we face, that he is constantly beside us and willing to be with us in everything, and that we can come to him as available as a friend is, that we can text or call. From wherever we are, we can have the most intimate relationship with him. And today we're going to be wrapping up our series uh, by looking at prayers of direction. Now, uh, just as we're going to jump right into it this morning, uh, I just want to start by saying that God has already given us a couple amazing tools to help us make good decisions in life. Uh, so the first tool we have is the Word, the Bible, uh, the words that God has written to us, the accounts of history. Um, I mean, Psalm 119 says that uh, the Word is a light unto our path and a lamp unto our feet, that it's God's tool that he uses to guide our day-to-day -day lives, and it's just as useful in taking our next steps as a flashlight is using at night for trying to get to where you're going. So the, the Psalms, the Torah, the letters, the prophecies, the, the letters and, and gospels, all of these things were written so that we might know God more and walk in the way that he's calling us and created us for. Um, do you guys, does anyone remember the old um, uh, Bible acronym? B-I-B-L-E, Basic Instruction Book for Living Eternally. That was the old school, Sunday school one I remember. But um, it is God's direction and wisdom for us in this life for how to live as he has created us to. So when we're in need of direction, we can turn to the word for the wisdom that we need to make the right choices. 
Uh, it's the light, in, it's, it's, it's the tool that we use to light the way before us. So that's the first one. The second one that God has given us to help us make decisions, the second tool, is His Spirit. Now, we'll, we'll talk more about how to identify the Spirit's voice and what that looks like in our lives in a bit, but um, in the book of John, we read that Jesus gave us something in the, in the Greek, we call it the paraclete, and we can translate this the, the advocate or the counselor. Uh, Jesus also calls it the Spirit of truth. And the Spirit helps us to make choices and decisions in life, just as a counselor comes alongside us and helps us to make wise choices. And to, and to go in the right steps and take the right decisions, or to make the right decisions. We're guided by God's Spirit in the direction that He wants to lead us. So, not only are we given the Word and history accounts of how God has worked in the past and His direction for us in our lives, we're also given the Spirit, this living Spirit within each of us to be able to make good choices. But, we're also given the freedom and the authority to make choices for ourselves every single one of us. In, um, in Luke 19, Jesus is, is sharing a parable of the talents. I'm sure you've heard of it before, but it's a story of a king who gave 10 servants a great amount of money to each of them. And as he was going off on his journey, he commanded each of the servants to use the money well, to put it to good use. And so after the king came back, he sat down with each of his servants and asked them, what did you do with the money that I gave you? And so the first servant, he, he found out that he had taken the money and used it to earn 10 times the amount. And so uh, he was very proud of his servant and let him be an authority over more. And if you recall the story, there was a servant who took his money, who took his talent, and he buried it in the ground. And he was afraid that uh, the king might punish him. If he risked his money and lost it, then he was afraid of what the king might do. And so as the parable goes, the, the servant was punished for not putting to good use the gifts that the king had given him. We have all been given incredible gifts by our king. And with those gifts comes the authority to steward those gifts well, to, to make good decisions with the things he has given us, to make good decisions for our family, to make good decisions for the earth, in our relationships, for those people that we serve. So, God has given us tools, the Bible, His Word, and He's given us His Spirit. And on top of that, He's given us the freedom and authority to make those decisions. It'd be nice if I could just wrap up the sermon right here. Fantastic, that's how we make decisions. Um, it's, it, that, that seems quite simple, right? But what about when I'm praying and I'm asking for direction and I'm not sure if it's God's voice or my voice talking? Um, and how, how do we read the Bible for direction? For instance, you can't just, you can, I, this is how I used to read the Bible, but you can't just flip it open to a random page, pick a verse and say, this is what God is speaking to me. Uh, there are points perhaps when God will do that, but you can get into a lot of trouble. You can flip open the Bible, open it up to Amos 4.4. This is what God is speaking. Go into Bethel and Gilgal and sin all you want. So, no, no. Okay, well, that's not right. This one, let's flip open to the next page. Job 16.3. Will your long-winded speeches never end? What ails you that you keep on arguing? Okay, God. Okay, I get it. So, there are better ways and there are some not better ways in order to listen to God and understand Him. So, this morning my hope is that you would be encouraged to trust God deeper as we look at some very practical ways that we can actually get to know God's voice and discern His direction in our lives. Now, in um, the beginning of the book of Hebrews, 
we read this. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets and many times and in various ways, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. Now, the way that God has made himself known to us as humans throughout history has changed. It's become more and more visible. The closer uh, you go from Genesis to the Gospels, the more God is revealing himself throughout Scripture. Now, though it changes, it has always involved relationship. God has always wanted relationship with his people. But in the Old Testament, uh, God would direct his people through, through dreams, through prophets, and there was something called the Urim and Thummim that God would use to direct his people. If you haven't heard about it, that's okay. Um, these, were, these were actually two small objects that were placed inside of a pouch and were worn on the high priest's garments. So he had an ephod uh, that was a, a fancy dress, basically, that had a lot of symbolism to it in its, uh, the stones that were engraved in it. And uh, in this pouch, the Urim and Thummim were there, and these were two objects that God would use to speak direction to his people. And so this is how God would communicate to his people direction. So, uh, for instance, in, in 1 Samuel 23, David... Uh, king David, or before he was king, he is fleeing from King Saul, who is wanting to murder him. And as he's hiding in this one town, he's uncertain whether the people of that city are going to give him up to King Saul to die. And so he calls for the high priest to come. And the high priest brings his ephod. And in the high priest's presence, God, or David asks God this question, should I, should I stay in the city or if I do stay in the city, are they going to hand me over to King Saul for my death? And as he asked the question, um, the high priest found the answer through the Urim and Thummim, and it was spoke a clear direction to David that if he stayed, he was going to get killed by Saul, or that they would, be, uh, that they would hand him over to King Saul. Now, we're not actually told what the Urim and Thummim are. We don't know what these objects look like, um, and there's not even a description of how they're made which I think there's probably a reason for that. I think because we probably would try to recreate them throughout history and try to divine the future. But, you know, aside from that, wouldn't it be awesome if we had these? These tools that we could, without a shadow of a doubt, know what God is speaking to us, regardless of what we think or what we feel, right? Wouldn't it be awesome to have the, the Word of God? It's, this is obvious, you know? We have the direction, but that's not how God speaks to us anymore, right? He's much closer to us. It's much better than that. In, in John chapter 16, as Jesus was finishing his last meal with his disciples, he, he was encouraging his disciples and told them that after he had died and resurrected, that they would be given the Holy Spirit. And so in, in chapter 16, verse 13, he says this, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. So the role of the Spirit in our lives is to make truth known to us, to speak on behalf of God in our lives and to each of us. So what does the Spirit sound like? Or rather, again, how do we know if it's the Spirit's voice or just my thoughts and my desires coming through what I want God to speak. Um, some very practical steps I want to walk through with you guys. The first step in discerning uh, direction from God is, is to submit. It's everyone's favorite word, I realize. 
But we can, we can only truly hear God's direction for us when we're willing to submit to him the directions that we are um, wanting to find out. We have to submit to him our own feelings, our own goals and plans, because these things often get in the way of hearing his voice. But if we don't submit those things to him, if we're not willing to lay down those things at his feet and actually hear what he has to speak to us, it's like we're going to God and asking him a question and we're putting earmuffs on, like, okay, God, what do you have to say to me? It's, we're not willing to listen, right? We only hear what our own mind is wanting to tell us. We can't hear God say yes because we can't hear God say no. Our desire for the things in this life can come between us and God in our relationship. And so we're led by our own emotions instead of God's spirit. So in our time with God, uh, you know, when we pray, we, we hear him speaking to us the direction that we want to go. So if you want to hear the, the voice of the spirit in your life, you have to submit. You have to bring before him the directions, the plans, the feelings that you have involved in the places you want to go as well. The second step in, in discerning direction from the Spirit is to know that he will never contradict Scripture. He will never go against the truth of the Word. So, uh, for instance, if, if you think that the Spirit is telling you it's, it's okay to look at pornography just a little bit, um, then we need to read the Word and recognize that lusting with our eyes is a sin. If, if, if we're, we're tempted to say that it's okay to hang on to the bitterness that we have towards that person, then we're not understanding how God has forgiven us and called us to forgive others. It's just our selfish conscience speaking things that we want to hear to us. So the Spirit will never contradict the truth spoken in the Bible. So if it seems like the Spirit is calling you in a certain direction, compare it with the Word. If there's a decision you're wanting to make or answers you need from God, go to the Word. His truth is there for us to what God has already spoken. Now, I realize that for instance, if you're, if you're asking God, well, God, should I take this job or that job? There's no Bible verse that says, thus saith the Lord, you shall become an engineer, right? But is there any influence behind your decision? Is, is, there, is there, you know, a reason you're choosing one job over the other? Is it because it pays more, right? And that's not a bad thing to choose a good job for, right? Even especially if you have to pay, um, provide for your family and all these different things. That's fantastic. But if the motivating factor behind that is your just desire to be comfortable and happy in life, then perhaps you're doing it with the wrong intent. To remember Paul's words in 1 Timothy, those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction. If the Bible doesn't speak directly to your decision, does it speak perhaps to uh, a result of your decision, a, a bias you might have, or... Um, reveal even just a desire that you have behind that decision. So, when you're asking God for direction, go to his word. Compare what you're hearing to what he has already spoken in the past. Uh, the third step I want to look at that we can take to discern direction from God is uh, to do it with other believers, to discern together. Jesus reminds us that where there are two or three gathered in his name, that he is there with us. And if we want to discern whether God is calling us in a certain direction or not, we can ask for help from other believers. In, in Acts 15, we have a great example of this. Um, now, after Jesus had died and resurrected and given his spirit out to the believers of that day, uh, there were a lot of changes in how people were supposed to follow God, right? You know, it went from 
following the law, the strict rules and requirements that people had to follow in order to have a relationship with God, and it went to a belief by faith of living by the Spirit and being directed by the Spirit. And so it was jarring for them. It was difficult to try and connect God as still being with us even when we don't have to follow these rules. It would, it would kind of be just as jarring for us as if the, the government of Canada said there's no such thing as theft anymore. Stealing is okay. Right? Like it would be impossible for us to reconcile that with how is that okay now. They had lived with the law for so long that it was hard for them to think outside of the law. And so the people had been so used to following the law that they needed to discern together what life looked like now through the Spirit. And so they came together as a, as a community, as, as the apostles, as the elders, as church, and they gathered and they, they, they asked God what the, the, the direction he wanted them to take was. And so um, they came to their decision, and in, in a letter they wrote out to the churches, they seemed, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you with anything beyond the following requirements. He goes on to explain the requirements, but I want you to notice that it seemed good to the Spirit and to us. It's always wise when we're trying to discern what God is speaking to us to do that with other believers, right? We all have the Spirit of God within us. And that's part of why we don't have the urim and thummim anymore, this little pouch to help discern God's voice. We can know his will through relationship, through community, through fellowship now. It's not, you know, us having to go to one person to try and discern the voice of God. We can discern the voice of God with others who have the Spirit. So, if, if you're praying for direction, remember first to submit to God your opinions. Maybe there's things behind your desires uh, that you need to submit as well. Compare it to the Word and, and ask for help from other believers for the direction. Now, these, these are all great tools to help us, and these are practical steps we can take. But there are definitely times when we ask God a question, and we, we discern it with other believers, and it just still seems like there's no answer, like God isn't being specific about you know, our question. Why? Well, part of the reason is the same reason as why we don't have the Urim and Thummim anymore. You see, God wants relationship with us. He doesn't want a business transactional relationship. He wants us to talk to him, to see him as our God and our friend, the one who saved us, the one who loves us. He's not a vending machine. Right? We can't just put in our coins and expect from him the things that we want. Like I said, that's a business relationship. That's not a relationship when we come to God and we want direction and answers, sometimes we don't get a response because we never come to him wanting relationship. Right? When we, when we treat him like a business partner, that's not a great place to be getting into because I don't know if you've noticed, but we're far more indebted to him than he is to us. Jesus once said, the good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. The less time you spend with God in prayer, the less time you spend getting to know him in relationship, the less you're going to be able to hear his voice and know the direction that he's leading you. It's because in the place where we spend time with him, in that quiet place, this is where he changes our hearts. When we develop a habit of spending time with him, 
the better we are at making decisions. Out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth speaks. So perhaps instead of giving you direction, the one that you're wanting to know, God is calling you first to get to know him more. God is saying, I, wanna, I want to speak to you. I want you to know me more before I can give you that. So to build discipline of hearing his voice, you have to spend time with him. It is a discipline. It takes, it takes effort and it's taking sometimes um, moments that we don't think we can afford to spend with him. But it's always worthwhile. Not to just come to him when things get bad enough and when we just need answers. He wants to be our constant friend, our constant companion in life. Not to, not to just be that rich friend we turn to when we're in need. He's our God who loves us even before we ever returned that love to him who sent his son to suffer and die for us so that we would not be eternally separated from him. Do you see how much he loves us? That he would humiliate himself and step down from heaven, that he would walk among us, that he would die the bitter death he did, all because he loves us, because he can't stand far off, because he's a God who wants to be close but because the God of the universe sees the value and worth that he placed in each one of his precious children, it hurts his heart when we turn our backs on him. He desires a relationship with us. He wants us to know him intimately. Do you want the same? So perhaps one of the reasons you can't hear God's direction is because he's inviting you to know him more first, to spend time with him uh, in the quiet place where your soul can be still and know him. It takes time. It takes discipline, like I said. And just like the, the 10 minutes of praying in, in, we've encouraged you to do throughout the summer uh, each day, it, it is difficult. If you haven't spent that time in prayer developing that habit, it is difficult to build that. But the more you do it, the better you get at it. The more we spend time with God, the more we know Him and the direction He wants to take us. Now, another reason why God might be not showing us any direction is that He wants us to make a decision. I remember back, back when I was in my early 20s, I would usually pray this prayer a lot. God, let me be your puppet. And um, I prayed it because I felt like I was always making wrong decisions and that if, that if I only just made the right decisions in life, then finally I could be accepted by God, that life would be satisfying and fulfilling, right? But I was, even in that prayer, still treating God like a vending machine putting in my coins to get out what I wanted from him. I was saying, God, if you just make all my decisions for me, then finally I, I won't get it wrong and I'll be acceptable in your sight. And it was just earning my salvation. You see, God doesn't want puppets that he can control. He wants children who listen to his guidance, who love him as their father and go with the wisdom that he's instilled in us to make good choices and decisions. Now, there are times when he wants us to make decisions, to take into account all of the factors, to, to rely on him for the wisdom that we need, but in the end, the decision is ours. Uh, do you remember back in, in Genesis when, when Adam, or God brought Adam all of the animals in front of him for him to name? Why did God do that? Why didn't God just tell Adam all of their names? Because God wants relationship with us. He wants to work with us. He wants to partner with us in the things of this world. We're his children, not his puppets. He wants to see what we do with the wisdom he's given us. He wants to see us create and, and, and do the things that he's called us to do with the talents he's given us. 
to make beauty in this world. He's given each of us the tools to do so, and he wants to see what you're going to do with them. So perhaps the choice is yours. God has given you what you need in order to make a decision. All that's left to do is choose. Now, I also want to clarify one thing because I think I would often, again, get stuck in this place when I thought I'd make a bad decision. No choice that you make can be or place you outside of God's will to act. No choice that you make, no matter how bad it is, no matter how much you think you failed in life, no choice can separate you from God's love or his ability to work. If you think that you've made a bad choice or bad decision in life that has done that, that you don't understand how great God is. Remember that Jesus is a descendant of Solomon. The, chil- the, chi- the child born to the adulterers, David and Bathsheba, a sin that ruined David's life. God doesn't just bring good out of our mistakes. He works absolute masterpieces out of our absolute catastrophes, our absolute worst. As someone much smarter than I said, God brought the Savior out of the world, uh, out of the world, out of David's worst nightmare. What can He do out of yours? Yes, we will face consequences if we make bad choices. That's life. But if we entrust our lives to God, if we submit to Him, even the worst parts of our lives, He can take those things for incredible good beyond what we even realize. He can create beauty in life from the evil and sin and the indecision, the bad decisions, all of it, if we're willing to submit it to him. Lastly, uh, if we're seeking direction from God and we can't seem to find any direction, perhaps we need to wait a little longer. This is the least satisfying answer, I would argue. Uh, But in Luke 2, we get a a glimpse into the life of a man named Simeon who, uh, he was given the promise that he wouldn't die until he had laid his eyes upon the Messiah, upon Jesus. And, you know, in in the context of the scripture, we're not really told when he was given this promise. We're not told how long he was called to wait uh, or how long it had been before this promise was fulfilled. But he waited in trust. We can be certain that God will uphold his promises. We can. We know from the past and we can trust in the future that he will continue to do so. God isn't slow in keeping his promises, but he's patient with us. And while we wait, we continue to go in the last direction that he's called us to. We're faithful with the things and commitments that he's entrusted to us. And when the time is right, he will tell us. I remember I shared this story a couple of years ago, but um, I was praying one night and felt that God was saying he was going to do a new thing in my life. And so I wrote that down and held on to it on my phone, actually. But um, it wasn't until a few weeks later that I found out what the fulfillment of that would be. And in the meantime, I remember I was curious the whole time. I was like, okay, God, this seemed pretty big. I don't know what you're going to do through this, but we'll see. And so day went by, day went by, week passed. And eventually I found out, but perhaps the season you're in is waiting. Perhaps the reason God's not giving you an answer or he might not give you an answer in the future is he's called you to wait, to trust in his promises while you wait to not give up on what he has said, but to go forwards boldly, knowing that he will fulfill all of his promises to us. And this builds our trust in him when we're patient, especially you know, in a culture where we're used to instant gratification. When we learn to trust him, even when we don't see the fulfillment of those promises that he's given to us, that builds our faith, that builds our trust in him.
So, continue to wait on God. He's faithful to every single one of his promises. He is good. And, and just as we close this series, I again want to encourage you guys to spend time in prayer. Um, again, I'm, whatever that 10 minutes looks like for you, if that's half an hour, if that's two minutes, I encourage you, grow in that discipline. In, in our prayer life, this is where we get to know who Jesus is. This is where the truths of the scripture can sink into our hearts to the place where they can make a difference and change us. Discipline is, or sorry, prayer is a discipline that we grow in and get better at. So be encouraged. When we, when we build our relationship with God by spending time with him, we get better at recognizing his voice. We get better at discerning his direction in our lives. Now, in, in the coming weeks, we're going to be walking through a new series that I'm very excited about. Um, and we're going to be looking at the fruits of the Spirit, or the fruit of the Spirit. Sorry, I always get that one bad. Um, and this is the direction that God wants all of us to walk in, Right? Most often, God doesn't call us to a direction. He will. He will in our, in our lives. But more often than not, he calls us less to a direction and more to a character, an attitude of faith that we carry with us, to be people of love and joy and peace. It's not a place that he usually calls us to, but an attitude. So I'm excited to see what God does in the months ahead. Uh, but this morning, we also have the opportunity to celebrate communion, uh, the place where our brokenness and our need for relationship with God is satisfied in Jesus, that we can know him and have relationship through the sacrifice that he has made. Uh, I just want to encourage you, we have stations set up throughout the room here. Uh, There's a gluten-free option over on this side. Uh, You can come to the table there. Uh, If you're unable to get up, you can raise your hand and our uh, elder board, uh, Ed, will come around and pass that out. But uh, as as we celebrate communion this morning, We have the opportunity to see and tangibly recognize what Jesus has done for us. That his blood was shed so that we might know him and have relationship with him. That his body was broken so that he could lead us in life and that we could spend everlasting life with him. So I encourage you, as as, uh, I invite the team to come on up and uh, as you guys come to these stations, again, just reflect upon what Christ has done for us. Be thankful. Uh, but recognize as well the direction he might be speaking to you this morning. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. You are good. You are faithful. You are loving. And Father, I ask that as we, as we continue to know you more through prayer, that you would reveal yourself to each one of us in intimate ways. In deep ways, I pray that we could know you more. Father, thank you for the ways that you've that you've already worked in the ways that we can trust in your promises, knowing that you have and will continue to be faithful, faithful to your promises. So God, we ask that in this time that as we, as we celebrate what you've done so that we might have relationship with you, as we celebrate the things that you've done so that we can know you more, help us to recognize where you're calling us. Help us to recognize the ways in which you're leading us. But Father, we thank you that you are our God you are a loving Father who leads us and guides us throughout our lives. Father, thank you.